You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. The mics were not cooperating, which is why we are air potted it up because they weren't working. (laughs) So this is the learning curve, but we're still committed to making it happen. So here we are and I'm, I'm holding my crystal. I'm like, please help me. Save me right now. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may have been unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with my co-host, India Jackson, ready to get the dialogue going. So today we are trying something new, as you heard from the intro, sometimes, oh, just sometimes. So in our uh, community, pause on the play, the community, we actually decided that we wanted to see what happens when we recorded the podcast live. So we actually did it in Crowdcast. That way um, our community, pause and play, the community could actually be there as well. So um, we actually had community members that were there talking to us uh, via chat. They were giving us questions. And if you've never done a Crowdcast before, essentially it's a platform where you can have people that are kind of listening in. They can, um, you know, pop in questions and have dialogue and they can chat amongst each other, but that's way, their way to also be able to talk with you. We recorded, um, we were on video, but they were uh, talking with us. And so the audio obviously sounds a little different, but there is a learning curve on using this here Crowdcast. But we did it. We made it through. And um, we definitely want to hear what your thoughts are on it. So take a listen, um, see how it sounds and what you pick up from it. And if you are looking to be a member of the community at the end, I'll tell you a little bit more about it. So I'm going to let you go ahead and get us kicked off India. So from the sake of time integrity, we can make everybody's time worthwhile. And that's talk about shitty audio. (laughs) Well, welcome to this episode. I am excited today because I think that what you and I both had in common for a really long time is realizing that conversation has the power to change the way people see, think, feel, and do things. And we've always had great conversation together, 
Um, but in going deeper into the work that we do and seeing how that's evolved, um, what became very evident to both of us was being able to have conversations with other people like we do with each other, um, but diverse people with different backgrounds, different education, different genders, different life experiences. Um, it's where the real magic happens. And so it's been on our radar for a while to be able to bring these conversations into more of a community front for the podcast, um, going beyond just what many people, you know, are doing with podcasts, which is interviews, but like being more inclusive. So I'm really excited that the community is in on this podcast episode. They're getting to contribute their questions, leave their snarky comments in the chat box because we love them. Yes, and to the snark. Yes. yes. Or salty. All is welcome <laughs> and have all the feedback. Uh, I know this month in the community, we've been talking about brand alignment and what that looks like, um, which is actually an action. It is not mm -hmm. a concept. So there are things we have to do to align ourselves. And I thought it'd be great to bring that conversation here in a way that is more collaborative. So. Yes. So this is, again, we've talked about, you know, the fact that I want to reiterate brand alignment is an action. And so this is where... Um, I want to make sure that there's clarity on what that can look like. I know that there's multiple ways to identify it. It doesn't look any one way, but I also think that it's important to kind of pick up on some of the less widely recognized pieces of it so that um, not only does it make it easier to see where it exists out in the wild, but you're also able to exist, um, identify where it exists with yours. Um, because it's really easy to kind of look at someone else's alignment or lack thereof with their brand. And then when it comes time for yours, it's like, hmm, I'm not really sure. And I think that there's, um, there's some of the common things that people think about with just what it looks like visually the colors or the fonts and things like that but I think it's so much more than that that doesn't get the representation or acknowledgement that it deserves in the sense of are you talking about the same types of things are you centering um, the same types of causes that matter to you um, is your tone of voice consistent if you show up with a I give zero fucks do you consistently give zero fucks and not in a way of, I don't care, but in the sense that like, it's you, like mm -hmm. you can, you know, be kind and somebody can still understand like, yeah, they were kind, but also understand like those zero fucks are still there. Like it didn't go away. So I think it's just kind of acknowledging like those, those things that are consistent, those things that uh, are unwavering that that's a huge part of what compiles the whole of brand alignment. Yeah, and when I think of, you know, being consistent and being aligned um, and really beginning to kind of step into that alignment, um, one of the things that comes to mind for me is like, why did we, why were we ever misaligned in the first place? And so I think that people can want to jump to 
these are all the things that possibly need to change or I need a rebrand or I need to hire new people because that's also part of your brand alignment is who's on your team or not. Or I want to work with different clients. And I do think that it, it pays off to pause for a moment and to acknowledge why do we feel like it's misaligned in the first place. And one of the things that comes to mind for me on that is a conversation that we've had privately, but also I think it's important to have here about, you know, the programming that happens. Um, I feel like when people are very young, you have a very clear sense of who you are for most people because you don't have society's expectations put on you like super, super young. And then we're programmed or domesticated to believe that we need to do or be or say certain things or behave certain ways. I'm going to pause you on that. I really want to hone in on that word domesticated. I think that that's an amazing word for it. And I think it's so pertinent because it's easy to sometimes look at it and to see, oh, well, this is where you had to assimilate or this is where, you know, society said that you had to do something. But there's something about domesticated that really stands out. Because first of all, it makes me think of animals for some reason. But it also makes me think about, you know, somebody saying that, you know, I I don't know, for some reason, like, it makes me think of, like, teaching someone the the layout of where the forks go on the table and you have to drink like this with your pinky up and all that shit. Like, yes. Like, right. And I'm like, yeah, but I called it shit because it is shit. But I think it's not shit. But, like, in the sense of, like, you're not enough if you don't do this. And so there's something about the word domesticated that stands out so strongly because it really does speak to the fact of whether or not someone has deemed you worthy or not. Yeah. And so when we think about that as an individual, you know, that contributes to whether or not you're able to fully show up as yourself, whether or not you're able to own and claim what that is. And if we're already starting with that, you know, as a part of human nature that's working against us and the modern world, then when we look at deciding to do this crazy thing of starting our own business or becoming our own brand, so to speak, if we're a solopreneur or an influencer, um, how much more of that shows up? You already have this against you on the individual front. And then now it's, I want to start a business and insert business type here. And there's so much information about what that kind of business needs to say, how it needs to market itself, what kind of colors it needs to use, how it needs to brand itself, how it needs to be, who it should be working with, what events it should go to to find its ideal client. And so we look at all of these things and it's like we're doing that again to our businesses. No wonder we end up in a place where one day we wake up and say, there's things here that don't feel aligned and I need to shift them. So the interesting thing is when you talk about the owning and claiming of things, it makes me think about that point in life where you are told that that's not okay. You're told not to own or claim something. Um, For myself, I always think about um, like an experience that I had when I was a cosmetology teacher where I laughed out loud. And those of you that know me, if I'm going to laugh, I'm going to laugh. And my boss from across the room I'm a grown-ass woman when this happens. It was like, shh. And it reiterated again this, I'm too loud. I'm showing up 
too boisterously. I'm taking up too much space. And it wasn't the only time that I had been told that the way that I communicated didn't work. But at the end of the day, how does that or how did it show up in what I did or didn't do? How did it show up in me not allowing myself to take up space? How did it keep me from being too loud, outspoken, or anything else that could be affiliated with loud? Because sometimes you don't even, you know, take the direct message. You take all the ancillary pieces of it. And so how can things like that silence your voice, shift your view, change how you allow yourself to show up? And it ultimately prohibits you from finding alignment and you're building something and you're like, I don't know why this doesn't work. I can't figure out what's wrong with it. It just doesn't feel right. Or I'm not making money or I'm making money and it is draining the the living shit out of me. I don't want to do it. And you just maybe don't know why, but there's all of these, you know, things that can come up that are basically trying to snuff out the things about you that somehow or another, somebody else thinks aren't okay, rub them wrong, you're envious of it, they're jealous of it, uh, they're appalled by it, whatever it is. And they are telling you that you're wrong. Yeah. I mean, I think that if we're agreeing here, and I'd love to see the community contribute their thoughts, but a large part of alignment is getting back to the root of who you are as an individual and the root of what your brand was here to do. What was the original purpose and intention that you decided to do this crazy thing that is so not the norm of starting something of your own instead of being a part of someone else's organization? Like, if that is really the root of brand alignment, it's asking ourselves these questions. What was the purpose? What was the intent? Who am I really? What is this really meant to be? What's the impact it really wants to have? Um, and I say it wants to have because sometimes your brand can take on a life of its own. Um, yes. yes. So if we're agreeing about that, then I'm really curious to know from you, Erica, um, you know, what for you along the way began the beginning of re- assessing the alignment of your brand? What were some of the questions that you started to ask yourself? One of the first things was, again, it always goes back to silver immersion in that when I started actively advocating for um, and supporting same-sex marriage front-facing, that was a big piece of me reclaiming my voice. And particularly in the wedding industry where it definitely felt like I needed to acclimate myself to being softer and quieter and Yay, this is so amazing. And I had to make it palatable. And I actively was like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. And it definitely really kept that that momentum going of me not being quiet anymore. And I I don't think that I was ever truly quiet, quiet, but I don't think that I was using my voice fully either. And I really think that that was a big starting place. And when I started um, actually owning the fact that like, oh, so you mean the thing that I've been doing in the beauty industry for over 20 years 
that people will pay me for this and I'm good at it and I can say what I like within reason, of course, but I can really say what I think and that's a value and that's what you want from me. It's like, oh shit, that's a thing. Okay. And so part of it is like, I had somehow thought that what, what had ease for me wasn't the valuable thing. And that wasn't the thing that I should be doing. And that wasn't, that wasn't worthy of creating a brand. Cause that's just me. I'm just talking. And so I minimized it for myself. Nobody had to do it for me. I did it. Yeah. I wonder what is there to that, especially with women, I believe, where we might be a little bit more trained in program that we have to work hard for stuff. Women, I'm going to say like marginalized groups, especially people of color. Like, oh, if it was easy, then it's right. not worthy of me saying that people should pay for it. Working hard, not asking for help. Uh, I think a lot of those things come up because I think part of it is like, again, it's the, how do you, you have to figure it out on your own. And Yet then there's this other end of the handicap and I have to ask everyone for all the help because I can't think for myself. I'm mm-hmm. not supposed to think for myself. But yet if you don't think for yourself, it's like, oh, see, this is why we don't leave you to your devices, little woman. You can't do this on your own. Bless your heart. Yeah. So I think there's a double-edged sword a little bit with it. So one of the things I noticed that came up for me when you were talking about silver immersion is the piece of actually like speaking your mind and Mm -hmm. doing that in an industry where it's otherwise deemed as not acceptable like you don't bring politics religion um activism into weddings it's somebody's day right (laughs) you don't bring it to the beauty industry at all they made it very clear like you don't talk about that you leave it all to the side. And so when I think about it, the funny part is, and I want you to tell me if you've seen this and if you think about it in the same way, but like, doesn't it seem kind of weird that somebody is like, I don't care what anybody else thinks or believes, just do the service anyway. They could hate black people, but just do it. Don't talk about that. They could hate kids. Let's just not talk about that. Like, Let's see pets. Everybody understands if we say somebody doesn't like dogs. People get all up in arms and clutch my pearl. Somebody doesn't like dogs. Just, just, just don't talk about it. Like, yeah. This, didn't that seem kind of weird? You're to asking like, people to leave pieces of themselves at the door. All of yourself at the door. Any opinions that you have aren't wanted. Any thoughts, any pro, like any like mm, this is or is not okay. You're asking all of it to be left and to not acknowledge any of it and just do the service. Just just buy the thing. Let them give you their money, whatever. And I'm like, feels icky. Something about that just, I'm like, mm, I don't, oh, yeah. gross. Someone said it's almost like if you're fully 100% yourself in business, it's more vulnerable because no, a no feels like a rejection of you rather than your business. And I have to agree with that. I think that one of the things that I see come up um, when we're working with people on their visibility 
and putting themselves out there, putting their ideas out there, or the way that they see the world, is there can become this weird blurring of lines between you, the individual, and you, the brand. And there's, there needs to be a healthy separation between the two, in my opinion, or we can feel yeah. like somebody's opinion of your business now affects how you feel about yourself. I agree with that. And I think that there's this place where, because um, I had this conversation with a family member, um, riding by, it was like some, I don't know, a construction company or something, and the bumper sticker had a Trump sign on it. He's like, oh, why do people do that? Like, just like, nobody needs to know that. Just hold it. And then on the flip side, I'm like, I want to know that. Right? <laughs> That's what I said. I said, I need to know so I don't give you my money. But at the same time, my thought was like, I understand, you know, this person's like, I don't, like, I might have been willing to work with you had I not known that. But then, you know, one, I'm like, I do need to know that. But it's like, on the flip side, um, I don't feel good to not be transparent because that's going to be a part of how well this does or does not work. Because if we're not aligned, it's not going to work. And this is where I feel like, not bringing those pieces is going to impact the outcomes that you sometimes can or can't get. Are there times that maybe you can still get them? It's possible, but I'll say at least personally for what I do, if I don't know, I, I, that is going to affect us. I'm going to say something. You're going to be like, whoa, I don't know that I agree with that. And it's like, oh, hell, this is going to go left real quick. My son this morning was like, when everybody else goes right, mommy, just go left. It's like, yeah. it's like, like he gets it. I know. <laughs> he was like, and then he was like, or go up. I was like, yes. Find a way, solution oriented, sir. Yes. So yeah. someone else, someone else said, the more my brand feels aligned with my values, the more grateful I am for my clients because the relationship extends past the service being performed. I'm noticing a lot more long-term connections versus folks who I send them a gallery and that's it. And that is absolutely correct. And I think that there's something to be said, particularly when you have a service that really is kind of um, like intimately entwined in um, parts of their lives and how you really do um, garner relationships in that way. But those relationships also are a large part of referral bases. And I think with creating a business that runs outside of social media that's not dependent on its existence you need that and this is the way that business ran before we had social media you made relationships and brand alignment was absolutely a piece of that people were like i know him he's a stand-up guy or you know she always shows up she's so kind she's like she's funny she's personable People identify with those things, but if those relationships aren't fostered, like, like what are we doing? How are we, how are we building a business that isn't based on somebody's like validating you for somebody to go ahead and pick you out of the masses and be like, yeah, I'll go ahead and call them. So two things came up from what you just said. Um, in order for someone to say, yeah, they're always on time and all these things. Um, it requires the piece of making sure that your brand, meaning your reputation, is actually 
who you say you are, who you want people to believe that you are. And so when we align our brand. your brand. Yes. Yes. And so when we're aligning our brand with our truth, when we are who we say we are, and not just one person over here and another person over there and another person over there, depending on who the client is, um, they're able to say things like that. The other piece I want to speak to is there are many different ways to approach selling um, and marketing. And in those two areas specifically, when I say marketing, I mean advertising, getting the name out there, um, promoting what you're selling. Um, and then actually the sales process of how are we facilitating going from brand awareness to closing a sale, though closing feels like such a harsh word to use, but actually securing the sale and facilitating the service or delivering on the product. There are many different ways to approach that, but I do think it's important to state um, that if it hasn't been figured out by now, Erica and I do lean very much towards relationship-based selling, or at least that's what I call it, which means you are selling through building relationships rather than here's my shit, come buy it. It's no, you're a human, I'm a human. Let's get to know each other better and build a relationship. And if this is a aligned relationship, meaning we have some things in common and we can support each other, you might not need to buy my product or service, but you might know somebody who does and they will, you'll go tell them about it when you realize they need it. That's a whole different approach to doing business and running business that I, as much as I love our generation, um, which I'll say ours, for having the internet and social media, it's like yeah. they kind of forgot that there are real humans behind accounts. Yeah. And so that's part of brand alignment too, is are you treating your social followers? Are you treating your podcast listeners like actual humans? Or are they just a number to you? Well, what you said I think is important too, because when you, like the way that we happen to do things and a number of other people that, um, I would say are in our network is we lead with the relationship-based selling. And there's a number of people that don't operate that way. And I've had times that that wasn't, wasn't, you know, told to me like, okay, yeah, it's okay to lead with that. Like I was kind of told that that's not the primary thing. Um, I've gotten it before when it comes to, you know, talking too long to a client. They're like, yeah, just make the sale. You're talking too long. Um, or just that like, yeah, and then you got to send them this and put them in this funnel. And I'm like, you know, damn, I, I have a friend that's launching this week and she's like, I'm exhausted. Like this whole, like the launching and the funnels and the, this and the, that are they things that are sometimes necessary? Yes. But let's acknowledge that if that is where you live, that burns you out. And full transparency, we did a low-grade launch for the community back in March before the damn world blew up. And we were like, oh. We did it as the world was blowing up, which felt really weird. Yes. And this, But there's something you said, is that that burns you out. And yes, that burns us out because brand alignment, that's not what feels aligned for us. What feels aligned for us is getting to know people and building a deeper, more meaningful relationship. And if they buy something, great. If they tell a friend, great. Um, but at least we left an impact on their life. And in the way that we showed up, it's maintained, you know, what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. There is somebody else out there 
that that's not how they do things that won't feel aligned for them that won't feel good for them and that's okay too I'm not saying that people who have funnels or um, people who do more numbers based and algorithm based sales that that's a bad thing it's just a matter of again getting back to the heart of brand alignment is knowing your truth is that what feels aligned for you to do does that support the way that you view the world does that support the impact you want to have and if so go forth and you do that you know well, but if it's not you're going to keep button right. hands and struggle well, and I think so much of it is is what you said. So I'm going to agree. What we do isn't for everybody because some people are like, that's too much people in for me. That would burn me out. But I also want to acknowledge that what we do isn't regularly um, toted as a way to do things front facing. As like, you know, it's not given to you side by side, like a funnel or any other type of, of selling method. It's kind of, it's it's really relegated more to networking versus yeah. it being an actual like selling slash you know marketing or promotional way of doing things and that's where i'm like okay where what where are where are you not giving the options to allow people to stay aligned within what feels good to them what they're doing who they want to do it for and what that looks like like i feel like there's something that gets missed when it's not offered as an alternative, it's just kind of like, nope, don't do this. You have to do it this way or it doesn't matter. And I'm like, fuck well, your formula. I'm not doing that. And so that brings me to one of the messy middle pieces of brand alignment is many times when we're taking the time to figure out what is our truth? Um, how do we want to do things? What's the impact that we want to have as an individual and as a brand and as a business? Um, many times you will find that you are having to create the will because it doesn't exist. And there's something to be said about that is that if you know that you're here to do things differently, if you know that you are here to provide a new solution to a problem that you've seen over and over again, or to service a different demographic that hasn't gotten that much service or attention that maybe they deserve to have, mm-hmm. then Seeking traditional advice and formulas is not going to get you there. And I will also say that it can feel like a messy middle process because you are literally creating something where there may not be any examples to go off of. And that requires us to get true in ourselves. That requires us to fall on our intuition. And then if we have things like stress, trauma, like individual trauma or collective trauma, which is what I think a lot of people are experiencing now due to quarantines and the social justice movement, then really being able to tap onto your intuition and your creativity is going to be so much more challenging because that activates a different part of your brain that is really hard to access when we're in fight or flight, or as you introduced me to fun. I know. That's a crazy thing. So two things there. So I want to acknowledge that it is not easy when you don't have a blueprint for something. So using um, some of the graphic design services that Flaunt Your Fire um, does as an example, if someone is trying to um, identify what they want for their website design and they can't find a representation of it, it can sometimes feel like, how do I create something that I don't have a blueprint for because it doesn't exist? And it can be a challenging thing to realize you're creating the blueprint. You are the blueprint. And that sometimes can make 
your imposter syndrome want to pop up? Like, wait, what? Maybe it doesn't exist because it's not supposed to. No, it's just that you are doing it. Your particular way of putting together your ideas around things have gotten you to this point. And like, you know, India just mentioned that 4F, fourth F that I've gotten introduced to that now I see everywhere and I'm kind of obsessed with it is um, in addition to fight, flight, freeze, fawn is the last one, F-A-W-N. And so it's that place where it's just like, I'm going to do all the things that I think I have to because I don't know how to act right now. That's not right alignment. Well, bless you. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's okay to sneeze. I get it. You don't have corona and you can't give it to me if you do. <laughs> I got tested. See? <laughs> it's real around here. Um, but I think I, I think it's very, and I say that as when we started some of what we do separately and a lot of what we do together, there was no blueprint. And so a lot of people couldn't wrap their brains around what we were doing. And they were like, why don't you just do this? Or I don't understand. And, and there were a lot of points where it was like, are we on the right track? Did we miss something? And then all of a sudden it was like somebody hit the switch and everybody's like, wait, I get it. And I'm like, thank you. Cause I'm tired now. Because I tried to explain this for so long. And yeah. it's not an easy thing, but it's the path of least resistance would have been to be less aligned because it was easier to explain and to quantify to someone else. It wouldn't have felt good, but that would have been the easier path to take. Yeah, I firmly believe that if you are bumping up against the process of aligning your brand and you're asking for support and visual things and written things and all the things and hiring, you know, whatever those pieces are that you are now working on in your alignment and they're met with confusion, they're met with making you re-explain yourself over and over again, they're met with, can you go find us some examples, and you're finding no examples, that probably means you're on the right track. It's mm -hmm. not going to feel good in the moment, but I can tell you that it probably means you're on the right track to actually fully aligning yourself with your truth, because there's only one mm -hmm. you, there's only one of your business. So to be able to find tons of examples out there of exactly what you're trying to do yep. probably means that you're attempting to live someone else's truth. And so there's something to be said about that because again, it's easier to go with what already exists than to try to recreate the wheel. And at some point you're not even trying to recreate the wheel. You're making the hoverboard or whatever the thing is that doesn't <laughs> already exist. And it's not being an innovator in any way, shape, or form, like large scale, small scale, and I don't say that to say that it doesn't mean as much, but I, for someone that maybe doesn't feel like I'm creating a, you know, not Elon Musk, whatever. Like, it's just the sense of doing something that's outside of that can feel like, who am I? What am I doing? Is this for me to do? And we've been so conditioned to not listen to our intuition and to follow what feels good and what is aligned and what what is your truth that 
we question it so deeply. And we have trouble being able to even get to that point of considering that it's not only possible, likely, and, and feasible, but the actual now let me go do the thing. Like, yeah. that's a lot. Let's see, we and got so a question. So when we think about doing the thing, I was looking at that too. Um, mm-hmm. Our question posed was, is it even possible that you and your brand might have different values that they align to? And I'm going to say absolutely. Yep. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Yep. These are probably different values. There may be some overlap and there's some similarities, but most times there are some differences as well. For example, we've used it before, but um, our brand don't speak about being eco-friendly necessarily, which now I'm going to have to question that because we've mentioned it a few times. But (laughs) when you look at our list of brand values, it's not there because it is not the top of the food chain and what we feel like we were put here on earth or our brands are put here into the world to do. Um, Now, Erica cuts up straws. And when I um, am putting together our client gifts, you know, we're using crinkle paper instead of plastic. We're using cardboard boxes. Um, I use glass containers and reusable jugs and water bottles, you know. Um, But with that said, Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily makes sense to consistently in our messaging mention these things for our brands because your brand is more than just um, what you're doing, but it's also what you're saying and how you show up because Mm -hmm. that's confusing, right? Um, And so when we think about looking at brand values, I am a big component of saying you start here, and I know you are too, Erica, because if you're going to start to um, work with a writer or a strategist or a designer or anyone else, um, people who have experience in HR to help you align your brand, in order to get them to go from trying to put you back into the wheel that's already been invented and really work with you on innovating the hoverboard, they need to know where you're coming from. What are these values? What is this bigger intention and purpose that we were trying to do? And in order to get it to be a little bit more digestible, I I don't like that this is the truth, but it is the truth, is that we have to pare those things down to the no more than six most important things. Well, but I also feel like there's there's sometimes a little bit of um, duality to it in the sense of if you're thinking about um, podcasting, like efficiency is important with something like that. But if in your life, you really like things to be more full and flushed out and have all these nuances to it and like you enjoy conversations that just go on forever and that don't even have to have a point, but you enjoy the process. Those don't necessarily seem like they're the same because one doesn't facilitate you being able to, you know, do what needs to happen in your, you know, your job or your business quickly and efficiently. And it's not the best use of, you know, resources in that way. But that may not, you might not move in that same type of efficiency focused way in your life. Yeah. And so I think that there can be that space of like, what does this look like within a business capacity? And what does this look like in, you know, living my life capacity? And I think yeah. it's important to have both because you don't have to be unilateral and choose one. 
Absolutely. Just because our brand's value is not, you know, environmental friendliness doesn't mean that we are not peppering that into some of the decisions that we're making within our business. It doesn't mean that we're not carefully considering, for example, those client gifts. Um, But at the same time, when I think of what are you deciding as far as your brand values versus your personal values, I also like to look at what are the deal breakers? What are the things that if you didn't have this as a requirement of how you are moving through life as this business or this brand, um, and that we're not a complete match with your clients would make it incredibly uncomfortable and if not impossible to service them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a that's, great place to start. And that's where that goes back to what we talked about before, those things that I feel like it helps to know those things about people to decide whether or not it's even a good idea or not to work together. That's where I think that those things are important. If you believe in healing, looking like more than going to the doctor and taking a pill that was prescribed to you, then going to somebody that, you know, is in alternative health, that's not going to be a good fit because you're diametrically opposed on just a fundamental level. That doesn't work. That does not work at all. I don't know why people miss that. I feel like that's a common thing to be missed. At least that's me. I feel like so often it's like, these are these core pieces. These are non-negotiables. These are not up for debate. But those are the things that we push back. Those are the things that we put out the way and we don't acknowledge. And I'm like, wait, why are we, why are we hiding that? It doesn't, I can't wrap my brain around it. I think that that's, the old program and part of the current program. I'd like to believe that the new program is letting go of that, um, that the new program and way of thinking is that consumers absolutely want to know your values, that consumers are absolutely looking to see that you are who you say you are at all times. And of course, you know, being human and having humans working for your business, they're going to have good days and bad days, but you're not suddenly a different set of values, suddenly a whole nother person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I like to think that we're moving away from putting people into the societal box and into fitting into that wheel and really moving into a place where individuality is appreciated, is accepted, and is celebrated. Oh, we hope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, part of that hope is what we're doing here and being able to support others with, A, giving them permission to be on board with that and say that they're not crazy and let them know that that process is not going to be a point A to point B. There will be some messy middle with a lot of emotions that come up and feelings and things to heal. Um, Imperfection really, is, is okay through your yeah, process. But part of the hope is also deciding to pave the way for the future we want to see. Agreed. Agreed. On that note, before we, what's up, dude? You want to wrap up? I don't want to make everybody feel like they got to keep talking for a whole hour. That feels bad. <laughs> I want to make, oh, wait, no, there's a, there's a question. And that's where I'm like, no, wait. Yeah. Got... Last call for questions. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, if you got our whole brain and you're like, no more. Oh my gosh. It's not a ramble. 
for me, better serving the LGBTQIA plus community and its many intersects. Thank you so much for acknowledging that. And lifting up those clients is one of my focuses of brand alignment. At the same time, my brand is personal and relationship-based as well. So I struggle with imposter syndrome since I do not identify as LGBTQIA+, so I don't feel worthy in taking up space. What advice do you have for folks who might relate? That's a great oh. question. Thank let you, you for sliding on in there. Uh, no, I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> Ooh. Um, quite a few things come to mind for me. Number one, you do not have to be a part of a demographic of people in order to support the demographic of people, in order to raise awareness about their needs. And absolutely, your voice is needed. Absolutely, we need you to take up space. Now, there are some caveats that, that I know Erica will speak on. Um, for me, one of the things that stands out is making sure that when you are taking up space, it's never stealing the spotlight for them to be able to speak their own truth. But the reason that I say that there is absolutely space and worthiness to take up that space is because there is someone else out there that will never listen to a person that, that identifies as that because they hate them. And I'd like to think that we don't live in a world like that, but we do. There are people out there that will hate me because my skin is black and I have a vagina. And it's the world that we live in. And so I need people to be able to take up space that don't look like me because somebody else will listen to them before they listen to me. And I just wanna remind you um, that every single time you have that opportunity to take up space, again, and knowing that you're not taking space away from someone else that you wanna be an ally to, you are creating an opportunity to bring awareness to somebody whose ears might have otherwise been closed. All of that. And um, the interesting thing is that specific question, um, it's, it's, it's very related to um, my allyship in that that is um, the group that I consider myself to be an ally for. Uh, is there space for my allyship to be fuller? Yes, because I, you know, also understand that feeling of am I, you know, am I doing enough? Can I call myself that? Um, and I know very well, being a black woman, how support for me rings louder. This is not a truth that I'm happy about, but it's the truth. It rings louder when it would come from someone like you. And so understanding that I know that there is weight in my words when I say that it is not okay for someone from the LGBTQIA plus community to not be able to take, you know, again, using the wedding industry for an example, being able to get married, knowing that they can go get their engagement photos and not feel awkward, knowing that nobody is going to feel weird when they show up with their partner and they're either the same sex or maybe someone is non-binary, whatever it is, someone's going to be like, mm, I don't know that I want to do this. And now you have this awkward situation. And so I think that it is my duty, so to speak, to actually say, like, this is for me to speak to 
because I don't belong to this group. And so therefore, like me saying this just hones in the fact that like, it has nothing to do with me. And that's exactly why I'm saying it because I can see that it's wrong. I, I don't have to have it affect me to understand that. I can still see that it's wrong. Like wrong is wrong. And so that is a, that is a thing. And so I think that it's important in the same way, you know, with everything that's happened, when we speak about George Floyd, that a lot of the amplification that's happening in the protests and and the awareness that is showing up right now through different actions, it's it's ringing different because it is very diverse and it's not all just black people doing it. And so it's necessary. It is necessary to speak to injustice when it doesn't belong to you even more. Because I always think about, like, I don't remember where I read it, but it was like, you know, and when this person asked me for help, I was silent. And then when I needed help, there was no one to help. And so there's this place of like, I'm going to support because I know that the way that things work right now is that at some point I will need that support. And I don't do it from a place of reciprocity. I do it because it's the right thing to do. I do it because it's not okay for you to have to be in that place. And so I don't do it because I'm looking for anything. Don't look at me. It's about the fact of like, look at what needs to happen. Look at where equity needs to, to spring up. And I think that that's so important. And, you know, no, you know, validation or, you know, can I, should I? Now, if it's self-serving, that's a different thing. But like, like it has to happen. And again, I always use the example of animals because we seem to be able to agree on that one. And it's like, if you saw a dog being abused, you would speak up and you'd be okay with it. We have to have that same type of compassion for each other more often than what I see it happening. I don't see it as as readily available as I wish that it was. That was a long rant, sorry. (laughs) But necessary. Um, And what comes to mind for me with that Uh, as well as I think one of the unique things about brand values that are rooted in allyship um, and injustice and equity and diversity and inclusion is it's really challenging for that to just be a business decision. That is the one area that I'm like almost every time it's personal to and that's okay and that's a beautiful thing. And so and realizing part of that question to assess that piece, like it's great that it's personal because, you know, sometimes we can do different things in our personal life as far as creating impact than we can in our business. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's something to be said about the personal piece showing up when we talk about brand alignment, because it means that you have a different level of buy-in and a different level of what maybe feels like responsibility within this. And I think that it takes away some of that uh, transactional thing that can happen with business and that I think has shown up with social media swallowing everything up. I don't feel like things, I'm not going to say it was never transactional, but there's something in my mind that kind of says, you know, when you got your vacuum cleaner from the guy down the street, 
who kids go to school with yours, you know, there was a different level of like, I don't want to sell you crap. Your kid might beat up my kid. <laughs> like my wife's going to see yours at the Tupperware party, whatever. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's something to be said about being more invested in delivering something that is truly of service and support because you are invested in the outcome of it and not just this, I give you this, you give me money and we go our separate ways and that's it. I think that there is something else when the success of these things in some way, shape or form can directly influence and impact you that you feel differently about it. And so, you know, when you're interacting with other business owners and everybody's separate and nobody's on the same page and nobody knows anybody and nobody gives a shit, that's a problem. But when you get people that are invested and they're working toward similar goals and they're able to show up as individuals and they actually are invested in, in change making and goals that are bigger than self, there's something to be said about how that can shift things. Do I think that, you know, the transactional thing <clears throat> should just go away? I mean, I think that there are some things that maybe don't feel as relationship oriented on the surface. If you need to go get gas, you need to go get gas. I get it. But then there's also still that place of like, if you think about fuel, does it impact the environment? You might not see it in the same way. I still think they're there. So I never want anyone to think like, oh, I got to be a, a bleeding heart about this. No, but this is where I think it's important to think outside of just what this looks like. And I do think that there's very few things in this life that we live in that don't in some way, shape or form have impact that is bigger than self. Absolutely. Every decision we're making has impact whether we're willing to take the time and effort to see that or not. Correct. And I want to acknowledge that brand alignment, like full brand alignment, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of decision-making. And it can be a complete, <laughs> complete rabbit hole. I mean, something as simple as, you know, like we were talking about earlier, what gifts you give your clients. You can just go buy a pre-made gift box. The decision's done for you, quick and easy. Making the decision of every single thing and making your own client gift. Um, and I share that because it's something that we've been working on recently. Um, it requires a lot more time, a lot more effort, and research. Like, it's what do you and lose you, and what do you gain? Yeah. Absolutely. But I can tell you at yeah. the end it's worth it. It's worth it when you know that the things that people are receiving are things that they're going to truly enjoy and use and not just be more trash, which is what a lot of client gifts can be, not to get too far off subject, but also mm -hmm. is exposing them to brands that are actually creating an impact in the world. And so when you look at something that starts out so simple as what do I give my clients as a thank you? Yep. And you expand on that and say that I'm working with my clients in a way where I'm helping them create bigger impact in the world and create social change. And then I'm also gifting them brands that create more social change. And then those brands are working with suppliers to create their products that create social change and get outside of the whole sweatshop model. 
how much change is actually possible in one small decision. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. All right. I don't see any other questions unless they pop up in like the next few seconds. <laughs> I think we'll go ahead and wrap up. I First of all, thank you everyone that has actually shown up from the community here and has been a part of this conversation. I love the fact, ooh, I like fired up. Fired up makes me happy. <laughs> I love when people are like, I'm fired up now. I'm like, yes. Um, for participating <laughs> in it, for everyone that's listening in, you're getting to hear what it, you know, kind of just the conversation that we're having. This is, you know, this is how we like things to be. We like being able to have dialogue and we like you being included. So, Greatly appreciative of everyone that is contributing and listening. See, today you got to actually be a fly on the wall and listen in to why we do what we do and why it's so important. You heard what it was to have a conversation that was co-created. It wasn't just about us talking. This was other people in the room that said, hey, I want to be a part of this and I want to hear your take on this and let's talk about it. Collaboration is a building block for our community creating a safe space that includes trainings, conversations, relationship building, and understanding the value and what we provide separately, but how much more valuable and impactful it is together. We're here to create and build relationships that can turn into shared business, referrals, networking, and an opportunity to leverage our reach and impact to expand the ethical marketplace. So if you want to learn more, go on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community. You can apply and you too can be a part of the room. As always, I love knowing that you are here, you are listening, and you are ready to be a part of the change that you want to see. So be sure to join us next time. And until then, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?